Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community. I'm your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, and I am here with my friend, my co-host, the person who I will not make a joke about his title, John Wagler, lead pastor of Hill City and uh, co-host of this podcast. John, what's going on? Back is hurting today. Oh no! Um, sitting with excellent posture. You really are. I wondered why. Yes. Like piano esque. Yeah. Like Tod- toddler posture. Have you ever noticed like little <laughs> like kids have Ruby's crazy posture? Posture is insane. It's crazy. Like and they can do those squats. Down. Does she still? Is she still little enough to like sit in a squat for oh, like yeah. long periods of time? Yeah. It's wild. It is. <laughs> yeah. No, I tweaked my back. You know, a week and a half ago, and. Um, I haven't been good about resting it, mm. so it's just sore today. Were you doing lifts? Were Dead you lifting? Lifts. Deadlifts? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so scary when that happens. I know. It wasn't terrible though, so like I immediately stopped, and then yeah. you know, and then I was I was treating my back and being okay, but I I played golf a couple of times, which is like the worst thing for your back, and yeah. then um, I've played hoops a couple of times. <laughs> so, just need to relax, dude. So, need yeah, a nice bath. Yeah, anyway, I one time <clears throat> I one time did that when I was doing squats when I still went to the gym. And it was the most terrifying thing that's ever. Like it was one of those drop the weights yeah. things and I yeah. was like there was a quick moment where I was like I'll never walk again because <laughs> it it like popped when I oh, back boy. stuff is the worst. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary cuz you do like sometimes hear horror stories of of like I don't know, I was just doing this thing I and know. then all of a sudden, you know, I was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Oh man. That's yeah, crazy. there's that. And then I'm just, you know, curious what the sticky substance is on my hand. That's really something That's a... we probably shouldn't put on the podcast. I don't <laughs> just know. You got John's Came got in here from fingers. my office and I don't know what happened. It's just is the office that unclean? I know, it must be. <laughs> no. We just cleaned. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know what it's from. Oh man. It's a, I don't know. That's weird. It's just it's it's spooky month. It's candy. That's it's your Halloween candy. I know. <laughs> I do like that we were talking about sticky fingers and then you remembered where you got these headphones from. I did I didn't steal them from a <laughs> former employer that's not what happened um so yeah it's probably just your maybe your sleep eating uh, halloween candy already maybe You're not, you, the sugar tooth is like uh hijacking your your subconscious it's very possible <laughs> why do i have chocolate all over me <laughs> oh man well um this week we are going to we did not plan this to be during spooky season uh but we are going to talk about Something that people, I feel like, ask me about a lot, and I'm sure for you as teaching pastor, probably get asked about occasionally, Yeah. Uh, and that is heck. We're going to talk about heck. We're going to talk about heck. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about- Well, um, you did play Satan in a video. I did play Satan. I, I did. I'm not Satan, but I do play him on TV. <laughs> if nobody, I'm sure some of you have to remember, when I first started as creative director- Ugh. I was just going off the rails pretty much all the time. Like, and John was, I feel like you guys, you and Lacey were just like, I was an enabler. Like, well, you were totally <laughs> in the litany. Like, well, you know, this guy, we wanted a fresh take on things. So we're just going to let this guy do a bunch of weird videos. And well, in some ways it was your fault. This you one did, was definitely my fault. You did name the sermon series, Get Behind Me Satan. Yes. Or Not Today Satan. That's what it was. Yeah, not Today not Satan. Today, Satan. So for those of you who weren't part of our community at that time. Yeah. 
I concocted and starred in a series of videos in which I was dressed fully as the devil. <laughs> so like I had on like a rocker like jean vest that I wear sometimes with like patches and pins and, and you know stuff. And I had my face painted red, my ears and my hands painted red, and I had devil horns in my hair. <laughs> And I had like this wicked looking like electric guitar, like flying V, you know, heavy metal guitar. And we did a series of videos where was it all was it? It was always Corey, right? Corey was like in. I think. Yeah, it was always Corey was like trying to make a decision. And then I would like pop up and do a little riff on the guitar and be like, Corey, you know, (laughs) it was awesome. (laughs) It's still like I went back and watched it like a few months ago. And I laughed so hard at the videos. And it's funny because like Lacey was like a hard no on that. I mean, sure. She's like a hard no. She's like, we cannot do this. And I was like, we have to do this. And, um, and look, here we are. We're still a church. We're still here. We didn't, your, I didn't collapse care the whole pastor. organization. And now I'm the care pastor. Went I just, from- yeah, it was like, I, I went back and watched it. And I'm just like, man, this is like super funny. Not even like kind of funny. Like I it's mean, like really funny. I was going for it. Yeah. Like I don't, I have a little bit of acting skill. I was like definitely like in some plays in high school or whatever. Yeah. And obviously, I, I like to ham it up when I'm in the right mood. Yeah. But I was going for it. It was great. Um, yeah. And the and the little riff that I played was actually a Slayer song. So that was <laughs> there was we as a church have had a Slayer song <laughs> in our uh, bumper videos for a sermon series. Oh boy. So today we are gonna talk about. It's so funny to call it heck to me. Like that is a little joke. <laughs> that Matt tells himself that is so funny. There's like, there's some guys that I listen to um, that have a podcast that I talk about every once in a while, but they think it's hilarious to replace all curse words with heck. Uh-huh. So like, oh man, heckin', heck and <laughs> like what the heck? Or like that's heckin' crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so funny. But we're going to talk about sort of different theologies around hell, eternal punishment, heck. Um, and, you know, people have asked a lot of questions about that. Um, Certainly in, in like discipleship um, and, and I yeah. don't know if you get emails about it or what, but it's something that people yeah. have on their minds. Yeah, I have. You know, there's I mean, I almost did a series this fall called What the H-E Double Hockey Sticks. <laughs> and um, and so I, I, that might I actually might do that at some point. Yeah. Um, but just thought this would be a good time to maybe tackle some of the things that. Oh, you know, I decide not to do it. because We have some other things I think are more important. Well, maybe but. this will be if, if you are very into this this like conversation right in because you might ha- you know we can like crowdsource a sermon yeah. series like if you want totally it, maybe we will give the people what they that's want that's right um but before we do all of that we are going to do our new segment for 2021 uh where we talk about what's going on in our social media feeds and it is called from john what's going on in the feed man <laughs> I need to say something that isn't in the feed this week. Okay. Right. Okay. I so just, now this is going to be, you're breaking the rules. I am breaking the rules Go because like, this is also kind kind in the feed because I did see it okay. like a long time ago. Um, Play the gimmick, man. Just stretch But it. anyway, I find it so funny that, so I had to drive the kids to school every morning and mm-hmm. there's two other middle schoolers in mm-hmm. the car. We do a little carpooling. So I drive them every morning and it cracks me up that like one of the biggest things that um, is happening right now within middle school is they rickroll everybody. <laughs> what? Um, you know the guy, you know the song yeah. Never Gonna Yeah, Rick Astley. Yeah, like 
this is like a huge thing that they do to one another and like so they send each other like links of the video and there's like remixes yeah. of the song yeah and apparently like one of the like remixes of the song is like a billion views and so yeah, rick ashley came on and was just yeah. like thank you everyone for watching the movie. <laughs> yeah i don't know why it's just like so fun like so this morning on the way to the car like they're all like just belting that song out <laughs> And it just like was making me laugh because like, man, who would have thought this song in 2021 would be like rolling through like um, middle school, yeah. like in Richmond, Virginia right now. Rick and Astley, like, the, the living meme. Rick, I know. Rick Astley. Well, Max was like, even last night, he was like giggling on the couch because he's supposed to be doing homework. Yeah. But like he's giggling on the couch in Nevada sitting next to him. And all of a sudden she just starts dying laughing because he sent her a link. Mm-hmm. And like she just like clicked on it thinking it was something else, and it ended up being like the, the yeah, Rick Ashley songs. Anyway, yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> it was just like a funny thing. Yeah, I love that he's riding the wave too. Like oh he, yeah, he really wasn't doing much, and then when that meme started like popping, which it was like eight years, I think in adult world, yeah, you know, like I feel like middle school is always, especially in meme culture. I've noticed with Cash, like he'll say something, and I'll be like, I have not heard anyone say that in year in like <laughs> yeah. years. Like that was yeah. a YouTube video from when I was in my twenties, and you know. And he started touring again. And actually, um, my friend Michael, like, was like, I'm going to buy tickets and go see him. And yeah. he said it was, like, one of the best live shows he'd ever seen. That's like, the, the dude just slayed and was, like, super cool. And, like, hey, I know you guys are, like, on the internet making yeah. fun of the song. But, like, I know you love it. And so, you know, he did it as an encore or whatever. That's funny. And I actually saw a video the other day that there's um, – he was, like <laughs> – in, in in like London or in the UK, he's started doing um, a cover like he's basically started doing like a cover set of the Smiths, which are like the Smith. If you don't know, like the Smiths are the band for like they're like the proto emo. They are the band for like, you know, sad boys. OK. And and in in the UK, we're very big. We're like Michael Jackson big in the UK. But in, in the US, we're more of like an indie thing. And he started doing like touring as Morrissey, <laughs> and like just it's so good. I would pay money to go see it if if they come to the states. It's funny, man. And then like you know, it was on Ted Lasso in the funeral. Oh, that's episode. right. You know yeah, what they I don't know. It's Love just it. like that's a totally funny... from the feed. That's like yeah. totally a thing of the internet. So that counts. Anyway. Love that. What um, about you? Let's see what's going on in my feed. You know, I don't know if we count podcasts as feeds, but did you listen to the Holy Post this week? I have not. I we keep bringing that show up, and I guess I just recently started regularly listening to it. Yeah, it is so good. And one of the things they talked about was um, apparently there's like recent archaeological evidence that Sodom and Gomorrah were real places that really got destroyed by what they think is an exploding meteor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I, you see? I, that? Well, I read an article about that. I mean, I don't really. It's funny because on the Holy Post, they're basically just like, "This is just." This is something I don't care about anymore. This is yeah. something that when I was like really into apologetics, I would freak out about. But I'm just um, what's his name? Phil, the VeggieTales sure, guy is like, yeah. I'm just too old to care about this anymore. <laughs> but I was like, that's kind of cool. Again, I'm not really, yeah. you know, I'm not into the whole like, let's prove or disprove the Bible archaeologically or whatever, because um, I think it's bigger than that. But I mean... It's kind of cool. To it. I know. There's like, it's kind of cool. The something idea. happened. First off, the idea that at some point on this planet, meteors just exploded over <laughs> towns and and destroyed them, and like, and then there was all this stuff about how it created salt that like made that land unfarmable, yeah. or like you know not able to be cultivated. So the fact that like salt is also involved is I pretty know. wild. It is wild. I mean, that's 
it's like when I was in college, I can remember there was this moment I was taking a world religions class and we talked about the Epic of Gilgamesh. And it was this very like you could tell the class is split all the way down the middle. Half of the class was like, I told you the Bible wasn't real. And the other half of which I was on was like, whoa, that's crazy. There probably really was a flood. Like, I don't there's like the fact that there was a flood story in all these other traditions. Yep. To me, something happened. Something happened. Yeah. Like there was definitely something going on. Well, and it's like when we were in Israel, you know, um, our guide said that twenty percent of the land has been excavated yeah. in that area, but out of that twenty percent of land, only twenty percent of that land. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's so small. Yeah. And even his point was, you know, every single time archaeology discovers something, it actually adds layers of proof. Yeah. To scripture is yeah. like, like every single time. Yeah. And um, so it is interesting. Like the more things are kind of just found out, you're just like, this is nuts. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. Um, there's a recent thing I was reading about. Um, I don't I'll get it wrong. We should have Seth on to talk Seth Henshaw, physicist, <laughs> Dr. Seth Henshaw yeah. on to talk about it. But there's this thing where, you know, a big part of science is like breaking down building blocks. So like, you know, somebody discovered that, oh, well, we're actually made up of cells and cells are made up of molecules, which are made up of atoms and whatever. And like, I I was reading the other day that sort of the most recent thing that they are talking about is that quarks. So like now we've gone all the way down to quarks, like atoms or no, electrons are made of quarks. And now that's the basic building block. But at the center of a quark, they think is just like a frequency, Hmm. like a, a vibration or like a sound at the center of like all the building blocks of all matter and the fact that God spoke like in the beginning was the word, which a word is what, but a vibration. I like that stuff. It's not, again, like I can't overstate that. Like don't put, don't hang too much on that hook because then you get into weird, like, well, we can scientifically prove that the Bible is true or whatever. And that's not the point to me, but uh, it is interesting. (laughs) It's fun to talk about. Yeah. Some of that stuff is, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Cool. Um, all right. Well, we are going to take a quick break um, and then we are going to go ahead and get into um, just kind of the meat of it. Talk about our different perspectives, maybe about hell and, um, you know, what we were raised to believe and sort of where we're at now. Um, and we'll kind of see where the conversation takes. Y'all know we stay curious over here. Okay. So um, we're going to go ahead and say this will probably be a two parter, uh, maybe a three parter. Um <laughs> So, you know, this week what we're going to do is just kind of start off by um, talking a little bit about our personal experience with this concept, our personal experiences in hell, um, (laughs) with this concept of of heck, and um, also uh, maybe just go over a little bit of like what are the general sort of views, because there are definitely, just like with any theology, there's like a couple of different major views, right? That uh, that. Has been consistent throughout Christianity. Totally, yeah. yeah. In the in the same way that like you know infant baptism versus adult baptism yeah, exactly. is like a steady yep you know um, theme. In the same way, there are pretty much four views of hell that have steadily been debated from you know hundreds of years ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, even over a thousand years ago. So, but before you know we get into sort of the more academic nitty gritty, John, what were you taught growing up? Like, what's your experience with this concept of like <laughs> of hell? So I grew up with the, when someone says them, that scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I grew up with, like yeah. in the church realm. It was, yeah. you know, you had to fear hell. Like that, the, the point was to save yourself from hell, mm. you know, to save yourself from, you know, 
you know, eternal torture and man eating worms and all this other stuff. And, um, and to the level where there would be people that would come to our church. Um, like I'll, I've shared this story before, but, um, I remember, a uh, televan- not televangelist, an evangelist. Mm-hmm. Um, back then there was no televangelist, yeah. but, um, an evangelist, a traveling evangelist came through and, um, I just remember this. It was like, he's, he's again, trying to scare the hell out of people. Right. And, um, and so he was like screaming, you know, he's just a yeller. And then he, at one point he's like, turn the lights off in the room, turn, the, turn all the lights off. Like, so all the lights go off in the auditorium. And so it's pretty dark in there. And he's like, he's like, this is what hell's going to be like, except even darker. You won't be able to see your hand in front of your, your face and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And he's like, is this what you want for the rest of eternity? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. And, um, and he's like painting this picture of fire and sulfur mm-hmm. burning, all this other stuff. And, um, and then the lights came and on the and you were surrounded by bodies <laughs> and that's how the horror movie started. <laughs> I know you don't watch horror movies. Yeah, what you just described <laughs> is the start of several horror movies I've seen. <laughs> so yeah, then the lights flip back on yeah. and you know, that whole bit. Yeah. And, um, what's interesting, it's like, it's so anti the Bible. <laughs> I mean, truly it's like yeah. blatantly anti biblical way to approach people around this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, but that's what I was raised with. So there, the 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 way hell was talked about was wasn't about honestly wasn't about the goodness of God or like the love of Christ or anything. It was like, do you want to be in hell or not? Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be in hell, then choose Jesus. Mm. Do you think that the like spirit behind because like okay, we want to assume the good in people, right? Yeah. Um, do you think the spirit behind that was it, it really stems from like the um, look, our goal is to bring people to Jesus. And if, you know, scaring the hell out of them is mm. what works, then like, heck it. That's what we'll do. Heck it. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know, was it more yeah. of a like means to an end or do you think it was a deep misunderstanding of what the Bible says? My perspective now, just after studying and everything, I would say there's a deep misunderstanding of how the Bible addresses hell. Okay. So you think um, it was theological, it wasn't I think, operational. Yeah, I, okay. what I think, you know how s- certain things just like take on their own like yeah. like energy and everything mm-hmm. from something? I think someone started it mm. and it just kept rolling and people weren't actually pausing for a second and being like, hold on a second, <laughs> maybe, yeah. like, can we really like see how the Bible talks about hell and, and or doesn't in some yeah. instances? And yeah. um, and so I think that kind of took on a mind of its own. I Now I will say this, Sometimes people do stuff out of ignorance because it's working and they don't realize. So to the people that that happened with my church or the pastor I grew up with, I'm not saying he was doing out of ill intent, you know, or like he was trying to hurt people or anything. I think my guess is, is like he just thought that that was right and that was the the way. And um, there wasn't maybe some critical thinking going on there, you know, and maybe he wasn't exposed to anything else. I don't know. But like that um i don't i don't make the assumption he was doing it with ill intent mm. i just i think there was a pro like what ended up was a product that wasn't helpful yeah you know like ultimately like trying to scare people into something is not sustainable yeah and that's i mean probably episode two we'll get more into this but that's like one of my big interests in this conversation is at what point does so if hell is separation from god mm-hmm. at what point does your theology of hell become a self-fulfilling prophecy like that's how many though. people in that you know in that room 
um, by being taught that about hell, did end up going on to separate themselves from God, or at least like community. Right? Yeah, like or, it's a weird. It's a totally. Weird... Or if yeah, or even if they remained in church or whatever, like took on a view of other people, right, which separated them which separa- from others. That yeah. is kind of like being separated from God. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. exactly what it is. And so yeah. I, yeah, I think there's just a lot of damage done there. Yeah. And, um, and so like I was just, that's how I was raised with it to fear it mm-hmm. and knew nothing else about it, mm-hmm. you know, honestly. And, and I mean, I wasn't going to sit there and dig into scripture and other right. people's writings and everything else and look at the different perspectives on hell and, you know, all of that. So I just, that's kind of what I accepted as like a large part of my faith as a kid. Mm. Um, and honestly, if I think that played into a little bit, why I actually stepped away from the faith for, you know, basically almost a decade, mm. um, that was a factor cause mm. it was fear-based. Right. And so, um, so anyway, I think that played into how I perceived God yeah. and his love and everything. So, um, I think that was a, a it wasn't the deciding factor, but right. if I were to kind of detail out certain things, that that played a role in why I separated from my faith for mm. a while. That's wow, that's powerful. Um, sounds like we do have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, what was yours like growing up? Yeah, so I, as I said before, grew up in a Methodist church. I grew up under a pastor who was just looking back on it, really cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was so lucky, blessed, whatever you want to say, yeah. to like have um, grown up with this guy, Phil, as our pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can literally remember being in youth group, maybe middle, probably middle school. I don't feel like, I feel like in elementary school, it was very like kind and gentle. Like, don't focus on that stuff. Let's yeah. just do the felt board and like talk about God's love, which in retrospect, again, was probably a good move. Great. Um, yeah. yeah. And I can remember, I think middle school, it was interesting because when we did um, talk about it, it was a pretty big church. So for the head pastor to come in was like a thing. Like, yeah. oh, the youth pastor is not going to talk to us about this. Our head pastor is going to like come in and talk about yeah. it. You know, it would be, yeah, it would be no different than Corey being like, mm, I'm going to have John come in and talk sure. to everybody. Right. So first off, like the posture of how we talked about it was that we took it seriously because like this was a thing even beyond like salvation, sexuality, like the other things that you talk to, you know, teenagers about we paused and like had the head pastor come in and talk yeah, to us about it. Yeah. And he, I think had a very, I think what I took away from what he said was that sort of what I would consider now to be like kinder, gentler, eternal torment. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there, it's not fire and, and like being torn apart and like torture, but it is separation. And what I took away from it, I want to be very specific about saying what I heard versus what he said, sure. what I heard yeah. was your soul continues but basically in a dark room or like in a, in a separation. I think he took a very like C.S. Lewis approach to it. Like if you've never read The Great Divorce, it is a fantastic mm-hmm. take on this. Um, so you kind of continue to exist but separated from God and like nobody wants that. Yeah. Um, so I think that it was like within the construct of eternal torment, the kind the like kind of sort of kinder, gentler eternal torment. Um, which probably again had a lot to do with the fact that, um, I never really, like, I definitely walked away from living as a Christian, but I never remember even in my like wildest days, remember in my head, in my heart, walking away from like what I was taught about God. It was always more, I've said this before on the podcast, like 
even in my wildest times, it was, my prayers were always like, God, just hold on. Like I'm coming back. Like I knew that I was gone. (laughs) Right. Like, uh, so I, and I think that in the same way that your like fear-based experience of like the very, you know, you know, Pentecostal, like kind of, I won't say Pentecostal, but very like little Southern church, even though you were up North, like hell and brimstone thing Mm -hmm. probably played into your stepping away. I think in the same way, like I think, my the way that I experienced that conversation growing up probably kept me holding on in a lot of ways. That's cool. Yeah. Now I now where I'm at as a pastor myself, I would probably and honestly I would God, sometimes I dream about sitting and like finding Phil and like sitting and talking to him because <laughs> he's just somebody that I remember respecting a lot and he's still around somewhere. Um but I think that I now I would probably land more on yeah, but like sitting in a you know, in, in the great divorce, it's like everything is black and white and, and like very gray and like very devoid of God's beauty mm-hmm. in, in the sort of hell that he paints. I think now I would even still be like, yeah, but that's still torture. Like, you know, like that's, sure. whether it's fire or just like blah, like that's still a turtle torture. You know, that's still like yeah. God choosing to intentionally keep you existing, but withhold you. Um, and we'll get into all that later on, but I, yeah, so I would I, even yeah. still, even yeah. the kinder, gentler thing that I was handed, sure. I would still probably even deviate from that a little bit now, Yeah. but I'm certainly glad for, for what the way I was taught it in light of like your story. For sure. I think that's really good. And I think even what you're describing is like, again, we won't get into that fully in this episode. I think we're going to, mm. we'll go a little larger or 10,000 foot view yeah. and then dig in. But I think there are elements to like you know, why is it that we see it as torture? Mm. You know, like what, what, cause a lot of times there's reasons that we see some of this stuff this way that are built off of, you know, for instance, uh, when we think about judgment and wrath or justice, a lot of times we take what we see in front of our eyes with like current, like policing or mm. current like government structures or whatever. And that's across the world, not just here yeah. that, um, we put that on God mm-hmm. and being like, well, this is how it works out here. It, like there's like an element of some of that with like judgment and justice. And, mm. and so I think there's some, like some pretty big things to explore there in terms of like how we begin to think about hell. Yeah. Well, and it's like, <clears throat> we impress onto God, our own personal experiences totally. yeah. when really we should impress God onto our experiences. Into, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it's no different than like, if you have a bad relationship with your dad and then somebody says, well, God's your heavenly father. You think, well, God's probably a yeah. jerk because <laughs> like, that's all I know about yeah, fathers. Absolutely. Right. And so in the same way, like, well, this is how justice works here. So like, isn't that how it works in yeah. heaven too? And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's part of it too. Like, um, when, you know, people talk about like the old Testament God, mm-hmm. they always like think of God as like this wrathful, yeah. angry God. But yet it's interesting because, um, and Exodus 34, 6. Let me see if I can pull this up really quick. Because I think it's important in terms of like how God uh, describes himself and um, how some of the people in uh, in in the beginning of Scripture even like treat God. So like in, in this conversation with Moses, he says this, that the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellious, rebellion and sin. All right. So it's like, mm. that's how God's describing himself. Yeah. Right. And then, but we always, for, 
we, we leave that part out. Now, he does also say, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents and to the third and fourth generation. And there's a lot there to that mm-hmm. um, that we can't get into. But it's interesting because even within the Old Testament, you see guys um, like Jonah, mm. right, who doesn't do what God wants because he knows how gracious and kind and loving he's going to be to the Ninevites. Mm. And um, same thing with Elijah. Elijah does the same thing. And so even in terms of like when we start thinking about judgment or wrath or um, hell, you know, it's like we I think we do have to start with how do we feel about God? Because a lot of times if we believe if we believe God is good in the goodness of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God and the kindness of God and the forgiveness of God, if we start there, I do think at the end, we can actually get to a point where we see the realities that judgment is actually out of love and it's not like punitive. Do you know what I mean? Because even mm-hmm. in, within scripture, really judgment is more restorative than it is punitive. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that when we go about and how we think about judgment and God's wrath and everything else to really start thinking through, am I thinking of God as God is love on the front end, because that does actually start to inform how we take in this idea of hell and judgment and everything. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think the idea, like you're kind of getting at that, um, if, you know, so if we say hell is not like fire and brimstone, but it is separation from God, but that's also a kind of torture. Really. It's like a testament to the goodness of God that like it would be torture to be, you know, withheld from that. Correct. Um, but it's easy to, it's funny. It's like, it's easy to accidentally focus on the jar rather than the water. <laughs> like it's kind of, it's that's, I always use paganism as like an example. Like the problem with paganism isn't that it appreciates nature. It's that it idolizes nature. Sure. It doesn't point. It yeah. doesn't keep pointing toward what created the nature. Right. Yep. Like that's, and it's the same thing with this. It's like, if you're focused on, you know, the shadow, then you're not like studying the, the light that's creating, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's casting the shadow. Yeah. Um, and whether that shadow is, you know, that you're destroyed or that you're eternally tormented or that, it, you know, you're eventually, um, you know, saved or whatever, like it's still the, it's just the dark part yeah. that is created by this insanely bright light. Right? Yeah. Um, so with that, why don't we kind of go over what the four, you know, major views of yeah. hell are? You know, we always want to make sure that people know there are as many minds as there are, there are, you know, takes on things. Yep. So I'm sure that there are um, other perspectives, but we're going to kind of focus on the four major ones because at some point to have a conversation, you have to generalize. So Yeah. And I think, too, even when we go through these, it's like. I think everyone has to remember too that some of the earliest church fathers like ascribe to one of these four. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's not like, like even like some of the guys, there are two guys who were were part of writing the Nicene Creed Mm -hmm. that were Christian universalists. Yeah. So, so like they're, you know, everyone's got like pump the brakes on their view of hell (laughs) a little bit. Um, And so to understand this. So the first one, you know, is eternal conscious torment, which Mm -hmm. is like the, when we've been talking about that, yeah. we, you know, both were raised with mm-hmm. to some degree. Mine was probably more intense, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, you know, which is the idea that like you burn in hell forever and you're conscious of it. 
Mm. And um, and so we'll talk about this in more detail. And we'll like look at the scripture that people typically use um, to kind of justify this view. And um, we'll do this with all the views you know, this mm. next episode. But um, that is the most common one that people think of. Mm. However, I would say... Um, and maybe this is like a little teaser. There's actually out of all of them, this has the least scriptural backing. Yeah. And, um, and it's interesting. I think the, like to find people who actually believe in this is, is actually less than you think. Totally. (laughs) No, I mean, especially as time goes on. Yeah. It's it's got the highest view. Yeah. I mean, or I should say it's the most prominent in terms of people like this is what Christians believe. But I think, if you were to start polling Christians, mm-hmm. I actually think way less people believe in that than you would think. Yeah. Well, because it really – the reason I think – again, we'll get more into this. But um, the reason I think it's so highly visible is because it's it's titillating. Like it's – you totally. know, it comes so much from really good, by the way, art. Like Dante Alighieri's sure. Inferno is a beautiful piece of literature. And – for him, really stemmed from his love of God. Like, I love God so much. You know, this is what artists do. They, they over, you know, they over, yeah. everything's overwrought. What am I trying to say? They're hyperbolic. Yeah. So it was really Dante being like, wow, God is so amazing, you know, a couple hundred years ago, saying, God is so amazing. I can't, I, this is what it would be like to be separated from him. And then he goes into all seven levels. You know, he yeah. like writes this beautiful, beautiful and horrible allegory of what it would be like to be separated from God but like that's how poet that's how writers are especially back then like oh my love to be away from you is my (laughs) eyeballs are bleeding you know or whatever like it's the worst thing to not be near my love but like in real life the dude you know was in love with her for like three weeks right right or or it's (laughs) like even when people do stuff like that we we really do miss out on the poetic nature of things it's It's like when like even when people are talking about like David and Jonathan and their their friendship and like was it sexual and I'm like no, we have demeaned friendship so much, right? And we've lost out on the ability to understand poetic language. Yeah, that it was like beautiful. Like our modern minds are are now like rather than seeing the beauty of a friendship, our modern minds have to go to sex. Are they doing it or not? Yeah, you yeah. know, like, I'm just it's, right. it's insane. Yeah, and and I think that with that though, the reason it's so visible, the the eternal conscious yeah. torment, despite the fact that probably a huge amount of people don't actually believe in it is because it was the jumping off point of something we don't talk about a lot, which is Christian mythology. Mm. Like there's biblical truth, which is what we are concerned with here at this in the, in our community. We're concerned with biblical truth, but like Christianity has been around for 2000 years. If you have a group of people for 2000 years, they come up with their own sort of like mythology, Yeah, like angels and demons. Not that that stuff's not real, but like, levels of hell and like all and this stuff is entertaining in a way you know like there would be if if it wasn't for this view of hell heavy metal would be super boring scary (laughs) movies would be super boring you know like there wouldn't be there wouldn't be dracula there wouldn't be like this is the nexus for a lot of entertainment for us well i think it shows that like even some like horror movies and different things it's like everyone knows there's something out there like there's like a and it all the, points to the yes. big question of what's out there. Yes. For there's sure. something out there that you have to yeah. wrestle with. And I would also add to what you're saying is like fear sells. Totally. And so we can't – like we live yeah. in a land of fear. Yeah. And so the greatest way to get people to fear is to give them yeah. eternal conscious torment. It's the, it's the <laughs> highest visibility but the lowest actual yes. belief. Yeah. 
Uh, look, meaning smallest, actually, right, right. I believe, minority yeah. view. Um, okay, what's the second one? The second one is conditionalism or annihilation. My favorite, favorite word in all theology, annihilationism. <laughs> so, you know, which is just simply that um, those... Uh, that aren't saved yeah. by Jesus um, are aren't tortured; mm-hmm. they just become extinct. Right, and so it's the second death. Yeah. I think in Revelation they call it the second death. Yeah, well, even you know, it's funny. Like, like there's there's several passages that kind of point to this. Um, um, but the funniest one that people ignore is actually John three sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> God so, so loved the world; He gave His only begotten Son, so that those who believe in Him will not perish. Will not be eternally tormented by tiny demons right <laughs> yeah. like that that, that so, they won't be eternally torn apart yeah. over and over again by scary monsters exactly <laughs> exactly but um so anyway that that's one um and you know obviously you and i are, are similar kind of, like i don't believe in eternal conscious torment i used to mm-hmm. um i'll probably show my cards here yeah. um, i you know i lean between this one or the next one okay. that we'll talk about though. I, I do currently I'm in position to mm-hmm. right now with conditionalism, um, or annihilation on the third one. It's Christian universalism. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some, or what, one of the phrases that I've, I saw that people prefer is actually ultimate reconciliation. Mm, okay. Um, and so, um, this is not, this is where people get confused. This is not all roads lead Right. That's Unitarianism. That's, that's, yeah. The, yeah. the, the unit, the UU church, God love our brothers and sisters really did a PR, uh, a, a PR move on universalism. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, and it's not pluralism. It's not right. that a Christian universalist actually still technically believes in hell. Mm-hmm. Um, they just believe that like the time is flexible Yeah, <laughs> and that, yeah. you know, you'll always have a chance to reconcile mm-hmm. back to Jesus. And, um, and so that that's an interest. There's some interesting passages there that go along with yeah. that. Um, I don't know. I can fully get there through mm-hmm. scripture, um, though. I do see why someone, you know, hovers in that area. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth one is the uh, purgatory view, mm-hmm. um, which is essentially like a holding spot. Right. And that there's something that happens from there. It's funny because you don't really we don't think of um Catholicism is universalism, but it kind of is. I mean, like the yeah, idea like that a, you hang yeah. out in purgatory and can be redeemed after death is like more akin to universalism than it is eternal conscious yeah. torment. And I think the Catholic Church, obviously, for good reasons that they earned, <laughs> have a um, a reputation of being very like fear based and like yeah. driven in in. But really, their confession. I mean, like if you get into their their sort of documents. It's kind of universalism, like this idea of purgatory. They certainly, yeah. There's there are certain elements there for sure. Yeah, um, and, and I would also say too, like you know, the Eastern Church and Western Church differ, yeah. you know, on how like this some of the stuff is teased out, mm-hmm. and so you know, for all of us, some of our views just simply contextual to what we grew up with. Totally, yeah, and I think not to be a total advertisement, but I think one of the great things about the Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce is that he pretty much encompasses three of these four in a in a ambiguous way. Yeah. He does a great a great yeah. job of allowing you room um by being ambiguous as, as to what his view is by allowing you room to kind of like explore this concept. He definitely there's nothing well there's some parts of that book that feel a little eternal conscious tormenty. Yeah. Um but it it that that 
story as a way to creatively process what we think about what happens to us after we die. Does a great job of sort of hovering in between annihilationism, Christian universalism, and um, purgatory. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you haven't read it, you should. It's also a short read. And yeah. I wouldn't say it's a fun read. It's a good read. <laughs> I don't know read. that C.S. Lewis has any fun. Does he? Yeah, Narnia is fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, Narnia is fun. Yeah, yeah. Because it's for children. Um, cool. So, yeah, that's kind of like the 40,000, 30,000 foot view, yeah. right, of um, the kind of major beliefs on this. Um, we've kind of gotten a little bit into why, you know, why the, the fire and brimstone thing is so um, visible. Yeah. And it's just because, you know, it's cool. Or, meaning yeah. like it's like interesting. <laughs> like it, yeah. it makes the most art. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's yeah. just not a lot of art to be made, I think, in the like other three views. <laughs> or like this is not there's not again titillating. I hate that word, but it's yeah. the best. <laughs> I know. Um but yeah, what do you so like before we move on to our you know, before we kind of take a pause and pick it up next week. What are some things that you would love for people to get out of this conversation, whether it ends up being like two parts or three parts, whether we end yeah. up interviewing people or whatever, like for you sort of pastorally, what's something that you want people to walk away from these podcasts? I think there are a few things. I think one, um, that this is not a salvation issue. Okay. Uh, that this conversation, uh, we, we are not saved by our belief in hell. Right. Right. Like and what we believe about it. So this is not, um, this is not a salvation issue. And so I think um, you can have deferring opinions on this and it is okay. Mm. And that's okay. And it doesn't really ultimately matter mm. um, in the scheme of things. And so, um, so that's, I think that part is important. I think, as I said earlier, it's important to start with the goodness of God in this conversation and how we see God. Um, that's actually crucial um, because if we don't, like we can get lost in some of these verses. And so I think that is an important piece. I think um, even some little nuanced things like heaven and hell are never together in scripture. Mm. Um, it's always heaven and earth. And um, hell is always like a separate thing from heaven. So like hell isn't the rival to heaven. Mm -hmm. So like the, the biblical writers don't even put that in there in any capacity. And so um, I think it's important to understand that mm -hmm. because that really helps shape our view of how we begin to engage this conversation. Um, I think, you know, something else would be is like, an understanding of who releases the power of hell, mm -hmm. you know, like understanding like our own personal involvement in yeah. this, you know, the Bible um, actually, you know, references like what is hell like mm -hmm. it's always separation from God. And then it references like death and destruction. And then like things like lying and gossip yeah. and um, violence and accusing and hatred, all these things are like associated with hell. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we begin to kind of take a step back, we're like, who releases, mm -hmm. you know, the power of hell on earth? We do. Yeah. You know, think, like that's yeah. an important piece. I think that's important um, because it's so often viewed, no matter whether you believe in fire or void or whatever, it's so often viewed as like a timeout corner that God puts you in. You right. Know, you think of a little kid and, and the parent physically placing them in their room or in timeout. Yeah. But it's really more of like, I don't know, you can push back on this, but it's kind of more of a timeout you put yourself in. Like, you know, like yeah, it's, no, it's your choice to make. Like, it's not, yes. you know, you we choose to unleash war or hatred or lies or whatever. And yeah. like, 
does God have a role in that? Yeah, because he allows us that choice. Correct. Um, but the idea that like God is a parent who physically picks us up when we're being bad and sticks us in the corner versus he looks at us and says like, I mean, there's the corner, bud. Like, right. if, yeah, you, yeah. if you, that's where you want to hang out, go for it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, we've talked about this before, even in our demon episode, yeah. like there's, you know, we believe in the evil and spiritual sure. elements that are out there and, and the demonic elements and stuff like this. But within that context, we've also, also believe in the power of Christ. We mm-hmm. believe in our choices. We believe that, you know, some of that stuff, you know, even Jesus in Matthew five, like he talks about like hellas actions. You know, yeah. he talks about how lust, you know, he, he relates that to like hell. Yeah. You know, he talks about violence. Mm-hmm. Like he relates that to hell. He talks about religious hypocrisy in Matthew 23 um, as like an element of hell. Like yeah. you're releasing hell. Even yeah. if you think, um, even, you know, I'm preaching on this this weekend, but like greed releases hell on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, we choose to be greedy, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, there are these elements within this concept of hell that we've just we've got to move away from this place mm-hmm. and into like some of the realities of it. Because even in the Bible, it uh, talks about um, nationalism, idolatry and injustice are all associated with hell, you know. And so there's just some things that I think are important for us to um, begin to piece together, even in terms of just like how we talk about it. Mm. And, um, and we'll get into a lot of other stuff, you know, with judgment and wrath and, and some of those things too, as we kind of continue the conversation. But um, I think those are just some things from just basic, how we enter the conversation. I think they are important to keep in front of us. Mm. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. And even like, just the the way that hell's talked about in the Bible, it's like a bunch of different words, right? That's probably something we should have brought up as a as yeah. the ABCs of of heck, right? Is there's, <laughs> um, you know, it's talked about similar, but like there's Sheol, there's Hades, Hades yeah. um, and then there, what's the other one? Is there three? Sheol, Hades, and uh, Gehenna. Oh yeah, the place. Yeah, Gehenna's a place. We've yeah. actually been there. We've been there. It's crazy. It's like a big trash, trash heap where they burned all the trash. But, and then Hades was really like, okay, I'm talking to you Romans right now because you guys believe in like the land of the dead, right? And Sheol is. Um, yeah. And then yeah. Sheol is like the mouth of the grave kind of. And even some language like even how they talk about death or sleep. Mm. Or just, there's some things that like are associated with it too. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the consistency of how heaven and earth are talked about is, you know, there's different words definitely yeah. from the Aramaic to the Hebrew, but it's a little more consistent. Um, yeah. in a lot of ways. So cool. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, and hopefully, you know, by the end of this conversation, you all have some more to chew on. We're going to try our best. Obviously, like you said, we, you and I are kind of on the same page on this. Yeah. Um, that's one of those things. And so we're going to try to not just be like, well, here's, here's what you should believe. Yeah. Um, but we do hope that at the end of this, you have something to chew on. Um, if you or somebody, you know, does have like a strong opinion about like, well, no, you know, maybe somebody's out there thinking right now, well, you know, you and John are just like avoiding the hard truth. Like it, you know, one of the, one of the arguments that I read about eternal conscious torment opened with, I also don't want to believe this. Like, yeah, but, but here it is. Well, I think we'll tease all that stuff out in the next one. Yeah. Like kind of the pluses and minuses and, um, and I think it'd be good too if people have like specific questions. Yeah. You know, but I know a lot of times I was talking to my mom and her Bible study group and they're actually talking about it. Um, 
the verse in second Peter where it talks about Jesus descending into hell and mm. talking to the spirits. And so it's like an interesting yeah. thing to tackle. So if there are like, like questions that people like have, please send them in. Yeah. We'd love to like talk about them. Yeah. Email them in to stay curious uh, at hillcityrva.com. You can also like DM us on Instagram. I know a lot yeah. of people in a, interact with Instagram now that we've been posting more. Um, so shoot us a DM. Maybe we'll try to throw up a, a quiz or a question thing on the stories. Um, but we definitely want to like have a conversation about it. Make sure to engage um, and ask questions and give thoughts um, as we talk about this over the next week or so. Um, besides doing that, uh, go ahead and rate and review us if you get a chance. Share the show. And as always, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we will be back next week with part with heck part two. <laughs> heck part two. Um, it's going to be a heck of a time. Mm. And um, we thank you all for tuning in. Um, and until next time, remember, as always, to stay curious. curious.